everybody, and welcome to Mixed Up with Mary and Monty. Uh, I'm Monty. And I'm Mary. And welcome to our, our little podcast. I was just talking to Mary a second ago, and we were talking about how uh, I don't exactly know what we're doing here. Um, it was just a creative venture for two people. Mary and I go back quite a long ways to sit and talk about music. And uh, we're both a little different, I think, musically, liking different things. And uh, we think about music a lot differently, but a little bit about, about ourselves. I think I can go back about 10 years that we've known each other, right? At least. At yeah. least 10 years. Um, we both go to the same record stores. We go, both go to the same kind of music places. And uh, through the course of going to these places consistently, we just kind of met up. Whether it was Mary giving me a recommendation about some album or Mary just being there and being nice, we struck up a little bit of a friendship and uh, kind of through the years just kept up with each other. Yep. I agree with that? Oh, yeah. And then, of course, there's the film side as well, too. We've got yes. a lot of different entertainment things between all of our creative friends that we know. Yep. So. You might not think Arizona has a hotbed for artistic yep. avenues, but we do. We got couple places where you can show movies a lot of great indie record stores and everything and uh, i think that's where me and i me and mary got together to kind of meet up and talk about music but i think above anything else you'd, you'd say that when it when it boils down to it our conversation is like hey how you doing what you up to what you're listening yeah. to is usually how yeah it goes. what's the latest what's making you feel correct wonderful today <laughs> correct and through social networking and you know all these different avenues where you can talk about music I'm pretty sure about 80% of what I talk about on, on Facebook is movies or film. Right. I'm sorry, film or music. So now you've got your opportunity to just talk about yeah, some more music so I, with me. <laughs> so now i got the opportunity to talk about music with you and torture everyone that's going to listen um, <laughs> to the music that we're going to give them. Uh, so, like I think like I, pleasantly tortured. Oh, ple so. hopefully pleasantly yeah. tortured. <laughs> hopefully they don't just, like fast forward through our talk just to the music bits no we're totally intriguing <laughs> i like that i like that totally intriguing um so like i said music means something different to everybody else yet it's consistently a universal language and we go to a record store you can sit and look at everybody working there and you know pretty quickly who you're gonna connect with pretty quickly and uh i've been going to a local record store here in town for since i was a little kid and I remember the first time I, like, someone gave me that experience of something different mm -hmm. and not really knowing what I was going there for. I had one dimension music when I was younger, and that was hip-hop. And you, uh, probably yeah. some of it you can't even call hip-hop. <laughs> but uh, it was very much like this one dimension, this is what I listened to, this is where I never strayed from. And it took someone to kind of guide me in another direction. And I remember the I don't remember the guy's name. I wish I remembered his name, but I remember he uh, he used to go by DJ Kelly Kapowski nice. is what he told me was was his <laughs> name. He told me his name was DJ Kelly Kapowski, and I'm like, so DJ Kelly Kapowski, if you're listening, call, let let me know. You know, find me yes, on Facebook please. or somewhere. Let me know. I'd like to reconnect again. Anyways, he uh, he he turned me on to punk rock music, nice. and I was like, probably I don't know, maybe 12 years old, 13 years old perusing the hot used section at this record store and thinking to myself where's where's snoop dog <laughs> where's where's my dr dre and then him coming over and saying hey you know you like that you should try this you know and i think yeah. it was basically like 
if you like this Snoop Dogg song, here's the the background beat that he's rhyming over right. is from this song. Oh, there's a and whole he, world oh, yeah. into hip hop that you can open up and look at those samples and listen to songs that you didn't realize. When you're a kid, you have no idea. Oh yeah, definitely. All you're hearing is what you're hearing and it's new to you, but to somebody else, there's years of sampling in one song at times. So that's most, beautiful. So <laughs> most of your most of your career has been spent in music. In, in record some, stores yeah. or in distribution or in labels so actually i'm going up on it'll be 20 years next year so 19 years working at record stores and or labels or distribution always connected to music in some way that's awesome so 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 for you discovering something new you're kind of the front line for discovery you know some people would call it us tastemakers if you will (laughs) so but yeah i've always i i've it opened my eyes incredibly. I didn't have, I grew up in a small town and we didn't have, you know, the selection of record stores to go to. We had one and it was whatever was on the radio you're exposed to. So we used to call it, you know, I, I lovingly reflect on it calling it FM gold now <laughs> because it was such a large breadth of different music, country, and just, you know, anything from Doobie Brothers to Heart to Springsteen to Beatles, just everything. Excellent. When you've got two stations, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but my family's always been a huge music family. We're all very rabid fans of what we love, and it's always made us feel better, so. (laughs) The, uh, it's funny you say that because, uh, you know, you talk about the amount of selection that was available for us when we were, when we were younger, Mm -hmm. and, uh, nowadays kids it's point and click oh yeah you know you can go on the internet you want the new young jeezy album you just go online and point and click you can download it you know and uh you know i think that takes away part of the adventure of going to a record store i remember it's like you used to have to hunt for music you know and uh i still remember uh there's this hip-hop album by this group called art of origins Mm -hmm. and they had like this little ep and it's probably one of those things that you can only get at a concert and i went hunting at like probably I don't know, 10 record stores before I could finally find it. And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, this, this is going to be so amazing. This group is so good. I was exhausted by the hunt. By the time I got it, I didn't even really like the, the album that was going on. But is it, this the worth it? Yeah, but you is think about it. The hunt? How many How many miles I put on my yeah. car looking oh, for that yeah. album or how many places I looked. And, you know, it doesn't seem like, you know, like, you know, the Internet wasn't that big at the time. So people weren't putting things on eBay. There wasn't, right. you know, streaming audio. There wasn't downloadable content. So, like, you know, you actually have to go hunt for an album. So I always oh, yeah. laugh when I go to record stores and I see that guy looking through the deep bins looking yes. for that one album. Like, that guy, the he's been doing bin. it forever. Yeah, the cutout <laughs> bin is always a wonderful place to find new music that probably has one or two songs that you might know, but the depth of it, you could just keep going. I love those guys. You can go, you know, you can pick out ten records that you've never even heard of, and that's the beauty, too, is that you can just pick out whatever and go for it if you're really into hearing something new and new in the fashion of brand new or new to you you yeah. know it's both so yep. so I, I you still discover to this day right? oh, yeah. there's still like Always. albums from like the past that you're like you never gave a, a listen to but now you're like oh this is yeah this is the stuff and that's the beauty of it because i can keep going backwards if i want to but i can always keep going forward too yes it's all the same but, and i don't mean to say that in a Uh, (laughs) condescending or weird way but 
music is music and there's only a certain amount of notes. It's the way these people arrange it and express themselves and that's different for everybody. So Excellent. that's the beauty. So one of the beauties. With all that kind of said, let's talk about kind of what we're doing here. So it's called Mixed Up with Mary and Monty and, and Mary and I kind of uh maybe a few years ago started exchanging mixtapes back and forth. Yep. So we'd start, uh, you know, I'd give Mary something that was all soul from the 70s, and then she'd give me something that was, you know, all her favorite Beatles songs. And then yeah. I'd send her something that was my favorite, like uh, my favorite independent hip-hop or something. Mm -hmm. And then every year we, we, were, we were sharing our top songs of the year, top albums of the year. Right. So we started exchanging these mixtapes, and I used to think it was fascinating because a lot of times Mary and I didn't have time to talk. You know, it would just be a simple exchange, or she'd drop it somewhere and I'd pick it up. And uh, the conversation I'd have, like when I listened to these songs unknown, kind of down the line, yeah. I was always excited because I'm like, you know, there's something out here on this list that I'm going to be like, this is new. Yeah, I've never <laughs> yeah. heard this before. Why is Mary making me listen to this kind of thing? You know? <laughs> yeah. And that's where I think our, our mixtape thing is, is kind of going right now. It's we'll a conversation. It's, it's a back conversation. and forth. Yeah. That's right. That's how we can speak to each other without seeing each other. Definitely. Keeps it going. Perfect. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. So today, for our little mixtape that we're going to do, what we're going to do here is we're going to kind of create like our tape back in the 80s, early 90s. Our tape mixtape, a side A and a side B. Yep. And our side A is going to be dedicated to Mary, our lady. And our side B <laughs> is going to be de dedicated to uh, Monty. Monty, our gentleman. Questionable. But <laughs> to our gentleman over here myself <laughs> anyways um so we'll go back and forth and we'll offer a little bit of uh information about these songs we're only going to give you like a little snippet and we're just going to go back and forth kind of introducing our little takes here and hopefully it gives you something to identify with who mary and who monty are and where we're going to go with this little podcast experiment and i do have to throw in there that picking out um, a small amount of songs to reflect the music I love was incredibly torturous <laughs> and very difficult because I love so many different things, but it's, but it's a good experiment to see what I truly love and touched my heart and Definitely. changed and, me. And it's, it's interesting because I think your approach might be a little different than mine. Yeah. Um, where I started my approach is like, uh, I was going to be emotional with it. So I was going to yeah. give you songs that like had made me exhibit some kind of feeling along mm -hmm. the line or that I recall back to a certain event. But then I decided, you know, that's a little too serious. So I'm, I'm going to give it to you guys chronologically, kind of my my overall where I started, where I explored, and where I'm at today. Awesome. All right. Take it away, Mary. Monty through the years, as we'll call it. Yes, yes, Monty <laughs> through the years. Awkward and, uh, <laughs> awkward and confused. I did not go chronological. Um, I just kind of picked, I bounced around a lot of ways. I went with what I immediately felt in my heart or what is always associated with me to my friends and family because their opinion also matters to me in the sense of what they think when they think music. I have a lot, I feel very grateful that a lot of people, when they think music, they think of me, what, be it whatever, but I kind of wanted to hone in a little bit to see and show at the same time what I'm made of. Yes. <laughs> so. Um, the first song I pick, Monty won't be surprised by this at all, I'm sure, but the Foo Fighters. Um, huge fan of the Foo Fighters, always have been. Um, this goes way back to Nirvana, of course. The introduction to them in the 90s, um, 
Dave Grohl, I was immediately like, oh my God, that drummer is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but their influence then, of course, going into the Foo Fighters. Um, they have a long career. They're going on their eighth album now. Um, I've chosen, and I always comment on this to people when they ask me, what's your favorite Foo Fighters song? Because it's like, you know, who's your favorite child? Mm-hmm. Um, but Aurora from uh, There's Nothing Left to Lose yeah. is my absolute favorite Foo Fighters song. And I don't know if a lot of people know that, but it's very, it's just a perfect Foo Fighters song. It's got everything. And I believe it was the first song where all of them wrote it together mm-hmm. because Dave Grohl did a majority of the songwriting this one was really reflective of all of them which I liked I liked the band mentality yeah so I was a big Sunny Day real estate fan so Mm -hmm. Nate Mendel William Goldsmith at the beginning and then into Nate Mendel of course being consistent but Aurora is just a perfect song That song gets me every time, and I almost started crying again. <laughs> that's, that's a great song. That's a great song. It's not one, and it is one that I that I I've heard, but it's not one that I hear consistently. It's not a hit, yeah. but it's a deep track, and it's a true fan piece, I think. So, um, which album is that from again? There's nothing left to lose from gotcha. 1999. That's right. Yeah, very formative year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, All right. So. Where I started is uh, I started with my parents. They were my first influence for music. And my dad, we'd go on, on road trips and stuff. There was always a consistent tone in our road trips. And it was always two things. It was always country, mm-hmm. Creedence Clearwater Revival. The one I remember mm-hmm. consistently because my dad used to sing it. And it got to the point where when we were on car rides, like you could hardly hear the song playing because my dad would be singing it so loud. And he, he'll tell you first off that he's not really a singer. So to hear, you know, my dad kind of belt it out, that always made me know like this is a song my dad really likes. This is his jam. This is his jam. Yeah. And I've been thinking about it now, like when I play this, I'm like, it's not really a jam song. It's kind of a, like a heartbreaking song, you know. But uh, my first song that I'm picking today is uh, a Hank Williams song. And... Uh, this would be from an album. This would be one of his uh, one of his lesser known songs. But mm-hmm. you know, you think about like Hank Williams. He died in 1953. He's only 29 years old when he passed away. When he died at 50, when he died at 29, he he only got his career started at, at like in like 1947. Right. So we're talking like five years where he had time to make his legacy. Yeah. And you look at the amount of work that he put in five years. And what work like artists today have put in thirty years? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and granted, there there probably wasn't a lot of a lot of it was influenced by radio. A lot of it was influenced by what was playing. But for him to have these quality songs in five years, I think it's I think the total was like near twelve. Yeah. I think eleven or twelve number one songs yeah. in a course of five years. There are artists that go their entire life with no number one. Yeah. There are artists that I'm sure that we would say, why don't they have a number one song, mm-hmm. you know? But this first song is called... And a woman's lies makes a life like mine 
Oh, the day we met, I went astray. I started rolling down that lost highway. So, I don't exactly know, like, if my dad knew where, where he was going on these little outings that he'd take <laughs> us to when yeah. we were going to a little fishing pond. I'm, I'm not sure if he knew, like, we're going to go here today, and he knew the directions. Sometimes I think we just he just got there, you know, on these go road the trips. Go where the wind takes you. Go where the wind yeah. takes you. So, you know, Lost Highway was always one of the songs when it came, and I'm like, you know, I actually think my dad is lost right now. <laughs> but we'd always make it to where he go, and it was always really, uh, like, for me, it was always a big memory to go on those little trips with him. That's perfect. Um, I'm going to take a hard right turn on that Lost Highway and go a completely different direction <laughs> here. Um, but I am going back to the 80s and our, my experience as a younger little lass, a child of the 80s, and go with Madonna. Because nice. as a female, um, Madonna has incredible influence. Um, I used to dress up like Madonna every Saturday and go out shopping with my mother and be known as the little mini Madonna. So <laughs> I picked Everybody, which is a great dance tune from the first album. Um, really an introduction to me of dance music and pop music. I mean, it's I don't think I would be myself without Madonna's influence in musically speaking for pop music and because it was my own. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I picked everybody. Which album is this from? This is from the first album gotcha. from Self Titled with Borderline and uh, Lucky Star. Lucky Star, yeah. Yeah, it's, I believe it's 1994. I was telling Monty that <laughs> physically even Madonna was a uh, very big influence on me because it allowed me to dance, too. It, I had no, there was no holding back when it was, when Madonna was on, so. It's, and that's like, it's such a good song to dance to. Yeah, too. it's you perfect. Know, that whole album is a, is a great dance album. Yeah, and it was a connection to New York. Like, I yep. didn't know about New York at all. And learning and watching Madonna, like, oh, there's a whole other world out there, and this woman is out in New York having an awesome time and dancing. So. Yeah. <laughs> Pure <laughs> what, dance what else music. could you want? What else could you want, right? <laughs> All right. My uh, second one going from my dad to my mom now. Uh, my mom, she loved, like, a lot of a lot of different stuff than my dad. So, my like I said, my dad was a country and a, kind of a classic rock guy. My mom was Motown. Nice. My mom was Motown, singer-songwriters, and other R&B groups. So, I remember she had this uh, this this crate filled with records and i'll never forget i got to this lionel richie album i'm like man that guy is that guy is like uh he's comfortable i think <laughs> i think he's laying on this on his side giving us a nice pose but i uh i'll never forget that that album but uh i'm going a little different route the supremes yes we're a group that my, that my mom listened to a lot and uh thinking about you know kind of what my mom did my mom was a nurse she worked at nighttime so She'd work these long evening shifts. She'd have to pick us up in the morning and take us to school. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, 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 at least twice a week on our five days to school, I'd, she'd show up. She'd honk the horn. Me and my brothers would come running out. And we'd get in the car, and the Supremes would be playing extra loud. 
probably woke her up. Right. <laughs> it's probably keeping her awake for the uh, for the day that she had ahead with us. But um, and also a very powerful uh, female group. Yeah, like, definitely. It's nice to have a voice when you're definitely. tired and you've been working hard. So my choice for today is Love Child, uh, <laughs> off of the same title or same titled uh, album that came out in 1968. <laughs> That song is in no way to insinuate that my mom doesn't know who my <laughs> who my dad is, but it's uh, it's one of the songs I remember I remember listening to a lot when I was younger, and uh, it was uh, it was one of those things too where like uh, you know I hear this music and I, again I didn't really know why my parents liked them, and even to this day I don't think they really have told me why that was so influential. But yeah. the Supremes were always that group that my mom said because it's it's women. Right. It was women singing right. the song, and for her, it was big. She was also a big Carole King fan as well, yes. too. Yes, so. it's a well-written song. All of those Motown songs. I mean, it is incredible to think about it. Even like the, um, the triangle. Yeah. Like we could hear the triangle. Mm-hmm. Every little sound of those Motown songs is yeah. orchestrated. They were the Motown. And perfect. They were the Motown. The Motown Billboard at the time. Right. You know, they were the ones that were making things happen at Motown. I think Barry Gordy was the president yep. at the time. And, you know, they had this, this formidable force behind them, which is the Supremes, which allowed other people to come yep. up yeah, yeah. after them as well, too. They opened the door for quite a few people. Um, uh, as we've said, Monty and I are a little different. <laughs> I'm jumping around a bit. Um, I'm going to late 90s now um, with the White Stripes. I picked a song from White Blood Cells, which is a very definitive album to me. It is the album that... For the White Stripes is just, like I said, definitive. Um, changed my viewpoint about what indie rock was at the time, too. Um, but I was a, I'm was a big rock fan, and I'm a big blues fan. So it was nice to see somebody come in indie rock-wise and play the guitar that well mm-hmm. and just scream his heart out, you know? Yeah. Um, there's no denying that Jack White is very passionate, and with every song, it comes through, so... Um, I picked the same boy you've always known because I think that's very, um, for me as a person too, I feel I've always been the same, but things around me change. Mm -hmm. And this song is very reflective of, uh, what people think of you and they'll keep projecting you're changing, but at the core, we're the same. Thank you very much. Yeah. Holy cow. That was the other thing about the White Stripes, the duo like that, to see how much sound came out of two people. Holy. Did you see that doc they did? Uh, I cried like a baby. Oh, yes. Man, that is such a good doc. Yeah. I, there was a up and down. It was very helpful at the time for me personally, too. So. It, it's, it's so crazy to see how, how, how Jack White thinks yeah. as, a, as an artist. They have that great intro to that, to that documentary where he builds a guitar yeah. you know, yeah. for you, and then he plays something on it. 
and yeah. you can t totally see he makes it his own. It's yep. such a such a great documentary. So, hard left again from <laughs> Jack White and the White Stripes to where I'm gonna go, which is an uh, in, in awkward an awkward place for me uh, at a. This is Monty at probably ten years old, eleven years old maybe, and uh, it was a uh, it was an experimental place for me. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom's influence and my dad's influence didn't quite hold up. Uh, pop music took over for me, and hip hop came into my life. And the first album I ever bought with my own money, my first album that I went out to buy, was this song right here by. An artist whose real name is Rob Van Winkle oh, and who had snap. a big, big hit with this. Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. And listen, I sit back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow to the extreme. I rock a mic like a vandal, light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance. You just rock this mic like a vandal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I totally sang the whole first verse of that song. That uh, that's from uh, uh, I, or Vanilla Ice's album To the Extreme. Did you ever watch Cool as Ice? Uh, I he believe... rides in on the motorcycle. It was yes. supposed to be like Purple Rain, but for him, yes, it was an awful movie. Yeah. But oh. <laughs> but Vanilla Ice, he had this on like, VHS. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. VHS. That's the only way you gotta watch it. <laughs> the only way you gotta watch. It. He had that uh, d that gravity defying hair oh, yeah. that was up there. Was, yeah. For a while there, though. He's white I mean, boy kid. Oh, and kid and play. Right? Can't forget Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yes. He gave us Ninja go Ninja. Ninja Rap. Yeah. Yeah. You can't get go Ninja <laughs> go Ninja go go. Uh -oh. Oh, wait, are you going to have to pay him for that? that? <laughs> we can cut it out. Okay. We can cut it out. All right, Mary, on to your next one. Um, uh, my next one is def another definitive band in my life. Um, it's the Beastie Boys. I didn't pick a track that is hip-hop or rap because, to me, the beauty of the Beastie Boys was when they opened themselves up um, the Way In Sound from Way Out is one of my absolute favorite albums. Mm -hmm. um, to see a band like the Beastie Boys play their own instruments and kind of keep growing was always amazing to me. You know, yeah. they, they went a long way um, in their career. I picked the track I Don't Know from Hello Nasty because nice. Hello Nasty for me was, um, it was a return to the Beastie Boys at the time because I believe it's 97. 97, I think, yeah. And so it had been a while. Um, it was kind of a, it was a wait before that. And on this track, I don't know, MCA really taps into, it's a very personal song. Mm -hmm. And I feel very uh, similar to that. Like, I don't know what life is. I don't know which way it's going to go, but who does now? We just have to keep going. And their influence, especially MCA's influence about, you know, teaching me about Buddhism in his way. Mm -hmm. and being self-sufficient and just stream of conscious in a song is okay and you didn't have to be what people thought you were yeah you don't have to continue to be uh you know all we really want is girls rapper yeah you can
we all do stupid things for girls. Guys do especially. We make uh, terrible decisions. We wear awful clothes. <laughs> and uh, but in some in some occasions, we we discover things that stay with us for for forever. When I was a seventh grader, there was this girl uh, who will remain nameless who I went to grade school with, and she used to wear these awesome uh, concert shirts in all the time. Nice. And I went to a pretty strict school, so the school always had to tell her to turn them inside out. Oh, well, I'll never Rebel forget. Too. Rebel, yeah. yeah. I'll never forget um, the moment that she came in with this shirt that it looked like a horror movie shirt, and it was showing like what happens inside the mosh pit. And I was like, that's awesome. I said, who is that? Who is that? And I, she was a couple of grades older than me, so I didn't quite have the confidence that I might have you know, later on in life to go over and talk to okay. the older girl who was, she's beautiful. And she obviously cool. Yeah, obviously oh, yeah. cool. Cause she was like none, none of the other girls that were there. But, um, when I, uh, when I went over and asked her, I remember she was really gracious with like her response. She said, Oh, you don't know who this is here. Check them out. She even burned me like, or not copied me yep. a tape Made your for tape. them. And I remember the tape she copied me was a single, nice. right? Well, the group was Pearl Jam. So it was a, a, a single, one song on one side, another song on the other side. The side side A was Jeremy, oh. and side B was the song that made me a Pearl Jam fan forever. Yeah. And that song happened to be Yellow Blood Better. That's one of those songs that just takes me back. I mean, I'm telling you, like, right now, when we just heard that song, I went back to being a young kid in grade school, you know, infatuated with this with this older girl and just being like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'd do anything for her. You know, I'd do Every anything for her. Every emotion that you yeah. felt then, you just tapped into Tapped it, into right? it right there with Yellow Light Butter. I, I absolutely love that song. It's probably hands down my favorite Pearl Jam, if not one of my favorite songs yeah. of all time. <clears throat> well, how could it not be? Oh, yeah. I, I remember getting that... Uh, an import single, a yeah. Pearl Jam import single with Yellow Lead Better live at Mesa Amphitheater. Oh, and <clears throat> it was, I was like, oh my God, they came to Mesa? You know? Yeah. Because yeah. I was in a small town, not anywhere close to Mesa and didn't even know. But, <laughs> you know, when, so. when Pearl Jam came to town, and uh, this is like probably a year later after I had discovered them, but I, I remember hearing through the grapevine that, that this girl that I knew was going to go there. Oh. The one they introduced me to it. Yes. You don't know how hard I tried to get tickets to that <laughs> concert. It was way beyond my price range. But I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, if I go, like maybe I'll see her. Right. Maybe like we'll meet. Right. And we'll have that 80s moment where we connect eyes. And then yeah. she'll be like, he's here. And I'll be like, I'm here. And I'm going to run across. And we're going to like in the mosh pit, like dance <laughs> to Yellow Leadbetter. Never happened. And we'll be alive <laughs> together she was with yes. some, and it's so funny a couple years later i remember seeing her with like a boyfriend and being like that guy's way cooler than me oh not true monty <laughs> he like rocked the leather jacket like no one's business 
Well, I can rock a leather jacket. I don't know about leather jackets in the grunge era, so... That's true. Mm. He was a little different. <laughs> anyway, you win. <laughs> Who knows where she is right now? That's right. Um, I'm going to go hearken... How dare you turn me on to Pearl Jam and leave me? No, just... <laughs> That's the best thing she ever did for That's you. the best thing you ever did for me. Um, okay, so we are going back again, and how I wish this would have gone right into our ninja talk. <laughs> um... But I chose a song that I've always thought was one of the best songs ever written, period, in life. It makes me remember my father. It makes me remember myself and, like, you can make it, you can keep going. I think that's probably the theme here. I really yeah. like songs that are inspirational and powerful to the person um, and about love. A lot of these things that I pick out are about love and... I always say this is the song that I want played at my funeral. This yeah. is the this is my exit music. Yep. This is what I would love my friends to feel and remember about me. It's uh, David Bowie and Queen doing Under Pressure. <laughs> Um, the connection of all of it here. I always wanted this to be my exit song, so. I love that song. And it's David Bowie and Queen. I yeah. mean, two of my absolute favorite artists working together. It was like, oh my God, they can work together and make the perfect song, so. Bo Bowie's amazing, and I, yeah. I tell people my with Bowie, it was always like, when I was younger, it was always hit or miss because I get his pop album, yeah, and it'd be like, oh, this is this is great, this is great. Then I get the album like right after that, and it'd be like completely different. <laughs> and I'm like, where's the pop music? Right, you know, where's uh, where's all the songs that made me dance? Well, you that's know? the beauty of David Bowie. He pushed you. Oh yeah, you totally. know, you forget that you need to be pushed until they push you, and and now some of my favorite Bowie albums are the ones that weren't the dance right. albums. It's so great. Like so, Hello. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, going on to where I'm at now, we talked about my awkward girl situation. We talked about my awkward first album situation. Now, we are getting to where Monty is getting some great guidance. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, Pro Jam was great guidance. Yes. But this stuck with me. This next album was definitive for me. For years. Yeah. For years. Even now. I still argue with people about how this next album is the one of the greatest, if not the greatest, <laughs> hip hop album of all time. Of all time. So it's out there. What we got <laughs> it's out there. Come at me. Come at me. Let's talk about this. But my cousin introduced me to this. Here's the album that changed my direction on where I was going at this time musically. It is from the greatest Hip hop album of all time, Liquid Swords by the genius Slash Jesus. The 
your blood baths and elevate the shafts like these murderous rhymes tight from genuine craft. Check the print. Swear veterans, spark the lettering. Slow moving MCs is waiting for the editing. The liquid soluble that made up the chemistry, a gaseous element that burned down your ministry. Herbal vapors so and so I, so this good. that uh, that album not only got me into where hip hop was going and what I thought hip hop was and the identity that I had with hip hop, but it also brought me into kung fu movies. Well, yeah, awesome. I mean the whole Wu Tang Clan. The, yeah. You could go for a good two years just looking back at if you go through the Wu Tang stuff. Then go individual rappers from the Wu Tang. You're gonna be in heaven. Oh, totally. You can keep going. I discovered going going. Uh, I discovered Liquid Swords before I discovered uh, uh, Answer to Thirty Six Chambers. And that's uh, exactly. I'm sure a lot of people did the same. Yeah, going so. backwards and listening to listen mm-hmm. that album. Oh, it was awesome. And well, yeah, Old Dirty Bastard. I'm sure that happened for a lot of people. Yep. Because he was in the pop side oh, yeah. and on MTV, so they're like, "Where is this guy from?" Yeah. And then you go backwards to Wu Tang Clan. So I, uh, there's this quote that I love, and I want to make a shirt of it. So, if you make a shirt of it, let me know. Send it my way, because I will pay for it. I'm already my wallet is already open. <laughs> but the quote that I remember seeing was that it says, "How can hip hop be dead if Wu Tang is forever?" It's true. Right. It's so true. Right? It's... I love it. I love it. That little excerpt from the, at the at the beginning of that song is from a movie called Shogun Assassin. Right, and that's perfect oh, for you. I, I mean, it. like that's the if you're a movie person and it goes into the kung fu and oh. the that whole side is incredible to think yeah. about because well, a lot of people weren't sampling uh, films. No. You know, they'd sample old R and B stuff, mm-hmm. but to see people. Using film clips and also putting some of the uh, some of the uh, the melodies inside those movies into their into their songs. Yep. It was a it was a new direction for where for where hip hop was going oh, at yeah. the time. It was different. It sounded different. And the guys actually put in like I mean you want to talk about lyricism with some songs. I can give you five or six of Jizz's songs that are amazing. Yeah. I can give you five or six Method Man songs that are yep. equally as good. The Method Man. <laughs> Uh, we're going a hard right turn again nice. from uh, from the Wu Tang member <laughs> that is Jizza into um, because I could only pick ten songs. I figured maybe I'll go with songs that have two of my favorite artists of all time. Nice, hence being able to do David Bowie and Queen. So this time I went with you two and Johnny Cash doing The Wanderer because I feel like it. It, to me, one of the reasons I always loved U2 is because they held certain uh, people in very high regards. And that began with MLK to just their political sides of things. B.B. Uh, King, mm-hmm. Rattlin' Hum, Johnny Cash, Leonard Cohen. Um, and then, of course, the production on this song is very, you know... I never knew it. I didn't know about production, and I didn't realize that I... That was a big part of it. So Daniel Lenoir, Brian Eno, the sound of U2 mm-hmm. in the later years. Like, the 90s is my U2. The 80s is my sister's U2, and that's yeah. my introduction. Like, I adore both phases, but to me, the 90s and t- into the 2000s is my U2. Um, and Johnny Cash, I can't, I can't go... I don't even know how to start in saying how important Johnny Cash is. Yeah as a figure, um, as an icon, as an influence. And this song, The Wanderer, really just, it's another life song. It's another life journey song. 
about I went out wandering mm -hmm. to look for the answer and look for love and look for what was going to make me complete. So. I went drifting through the capitals of tin where men can't walk or freely talk and sons turn their fathers in I stopped outside a church house where the citizens like to sit they say they want the kingdom but they don't take a lot of hard rights here we're going back and forth you know this is going to sound like probably more of a uh, a person who's who's kind of way eccentric because i'm going to make this this hip-hop or this not hip-hop this, this mix yeah but uh i'm going to uh another influence so again we talked about the the liquid swords album being real big for me and now we're going to go a little different because i was i was really into hip-hop for a long time but i was also into something else and i was always always into this because Again, influence. You know, I, I had older cousins who were into a lot of different things, and what they were into inherently made me into yeah. it. But I remember a, a a cousin that played this this album for me, and it was uh, I think we were at the state fair. We're going to the state fair here in Arizona, and we get there, and he's like, "You got to hear this song. You got to hear this song, right?" So we're, we're we're like sitting in the parking lot of the state fair. All I want to do is go on the. Uh, the tilt a whirl or the hammerheads <laughs> or something but we waited in the parking lot so he could play me this song and i have been stuck this is my this is my introduction to metal nice okay so at i remember fair too. at the nice. fair too yeah so i had a i had def leppard i had all these yeah. other, other bands the like 80s hair bands and stuff like that but nothing that i would really consider what hard metal yeah you know? and yeah. then came this and i gotta tell you this song has has like I could tell you like five or six different stories where this song has played in like something memorable in my life. Yeah. So we got State Fair, right? KMFA Day here in town. Metallica was the headliner that yeah. evening. They tried to keep it a secret. Yes. They tried to keep it a secret, but it didn't work. And, and this was their opener. Nice. And it's, it's from Ride the Lightning, which is one of my, probably I'd say my top two favorite Metallica songs. But it has the, I'm telling you, think about an entire pit full of people. This song comes on and the place goes nuts. If you don't get fired up over creeping death, okay. <laughs> if you don't get fired up over creeping death, there's something wrong. There's you something no wrong art. with you because <laughs> that song is like the one of the best openers. And they, I think they've opened quite a few concerts with that song. It's just the perfect opening. I remember when that, that KMFA day. You know, lights go down. You can get you feel the clamor. People are are sweaty. It's hot. You know, we're all pushing each other. And then creeping death comes on. I'm a big guy, but I got moved probably 
10 feet oh, yeah. in every single direction, and I had no control over it, and I didn't care. The inertia the, of oh, it, yeah. You're it in the, so good. You're in. Some girl fell on top of my head. I remember she was, like, being, like, she was, like, <laughs> she was, like, crowd surfing, and it got to the part where, like, there's that group that no one wants to help. Yep. So they just yep. were, like, boom, and she, just... <laughs> she hit so hard, and no one picked her up, and I'm, like, <sighs> all right. That's, what are, that what I, are you doing? You're like 90 pounds at a Metallica concert. <laughs> well, that doesn't matter to a, a lady when there's that much energy going on. Oh, totally. All you know is that you want to be a part of it. You don't give one rat's ass yeah. if you're going to get hurt or not. <laughs> Take me up. <laughs> you know, that's probably Take what you up. did in the back. Take me up. <laughs> and then she fell on her head. And Metallica, I mean, I agree with you on Metallica being that first metal band. Mm-hmm that was accessible and like you were like okay this is metal because yeah. we had Def Leppard and Poison and it's okay mm-hmm. but doing a wah-wah guitar high-pitched solo doesn't mean you're metal yeah yep so and it only got more metal for me too yeah this and might... it's a heartbeat Metallica yeah. is a heartbeat you oh, know yeah. it's like okay I gotta go this is yeah. what life is let's jump in the, so. the moment I heard that I wanted to get a jean jacket and cut off the <laughs> sleeves and put my big patch on the back that said Metallica <laughs> it was them it was them and Slayer yeah. Too. When when that when I first heard a, a Slayer song, I remember being saying to myself, "Could there be anybody harder than Metallica?" Yes. Yes. The yes, there was could yes. be. Yeah. And one of these one of these podcasts, I'll, I'll I'll tell you my story, my Slayer story that involves my wife, a very large man, and about two gallons of vomit. <laughs> yep, just for you one of these <laughs> Can't days. Can't wait for that one. Come on back, people. That'll you gotta hear that one. <laughs> All right. Um, well, again, we're going back to the things that define us. I am a huge Beatles fan. I don't remember life. There's been no life without the Beatles to me. Um, uh, it's womb music onward, and it always makes me feel better. It is the band that um, was easily accessible and always applicable in life through all the different phases because the Beatles grew and you grow as well. Yeah. Um, I think just, I, like I said, I have my mother's records, you know, that she was a big Beatles fan into, into the, into now. I just went and saw Paul McCartney with my mom, yeah. you know, a couple of weeks ago and to be able to be this old and still be able to enjoy and interact at a show mm-hmm. for a Beatle is, you know, there's no, it is, uh, a lifeline mm-hmm. you know it's a hard line of life yes, definitely, <laughs> so definitely. and it's a band that i could play on my keyboards and i could play on the guitar yeah. when i was learning and i didn't have to be a virtuoso i could at least start getting it and feel really good about myself when i yeah. started playing a, a song so um i chose the medley i i consider this one song because it can't happen one of these three can't happen without the other so mm-hmm. Um, going into Abbey Road, which is a very emotional record and a culmination of the Beatles. Um, so I picked Golden Slumbers, Carry That Weight, and The End, because in the end, Get the love you make is the love you take. <laughs> Sleep pretty darling, do not cry, and I will sing a lullaby.
your favorite beer? Oh, Monty. Yes. Why, yes. Why, I said why? it. I said it. Music buffs, you guys know how much you love this 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 question. I but. always say I love them equally like children. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also has been dependent on the stage of life I'm in, yeah. to be completely honest. Like when I was a kid, everybody loves Ringo because he's highly amusing mm-hmm. and wonderful and animated. Yeah. Um, Paul McCartney is just, you know, I always knew he was the figurehead. Yeah. John Lennon scared me a bit, to be mm-hmm. honest, but my whole, my sister and my mother both, well, my sister was a John Lennon, my mother is a huge George Harrison fan, which yeah. I was like, wow, that's odd, you mm-hmm. seem like you would like Paul. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd say overall, oh, why do you do this to <laughs> me? <laughs> I adore George, but Paul is my favorite because of his longevity and his career yeah. and being present and still making music that I love. That makes him my favorite. Followed closely by George. Yeah. The, the, uh, it used to be Lennon for me a lot yeah. because I, I, uh, I came into Lennon's solo projects uh, yeah. a lot of times before I got into the full catalog of beautiful right. stuff. But, um, and it's probably Imagine. Imagine of brings course. everybody in. But, yeah. Uh, but as time has gone by, Harrison has really came out to me. And it's yeah. his solo stuff that yes. makes me appreciate him more in the band. Yes. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes McCartney and Lennon overshadow some of Harrison's genius. Yeah. But if you listen to his solo stuff, oh, man. Oh, and he's it, one of the greatest guitar yeah. players ever. And then I say that, ever. and then I listen to McCartney's solo stuff, and I'm like, Pfft, all right. Yeah. Like what he did with Wings. You know? oh. oh. So good. Yeah. All right. So, again, we're going back and forth. Hard left turns here. <laughs> so we're going into uh, into where, again, another complicated state for me when I was growing up is college. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I I was going to Arizona State University. And, you know, we're go talking. Devils. Yeah, go Devils. A uh, lot of record stores around there. Had a record store on campus. One I worked at a record store in favorite place. Yes. Oh, that record store on campus was like my home away from home. I skipped many classes psychology classes I've, I've skipped a few of them because i'd get caught up with conversation with that owner in that place and we'd go on for yeah. for days but i remember there was this small little uh hip-hop shop it was in, in downtown phoenix and they'd have a live dj in there and i'm, I'm talking this place was like the, the size of your closet at yeah. home. it was a small place and i walked in there and i was i, I, I didn't know where I, where I was going i didn't know what i was going there for i think i was going looking thinking they have hip-hop so they'll have all this stuff I'm listening to, yeah. which was very mainstream at the time. I walk in there and I see nothing on the boards that I that I even remotely recognize. And I walk over to the DJ. He was running DJ and he was running the front the front like clerk like running the cast register. So he comes over and he goes, "What can I help you with?" And I said, "Well, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for this." And he goes, "We don't have that." Because we got these other things, but you take a look at some of this over here. And he was really like that. He, he could have worked. He could have been a clerk in high fidelity. All right? <laughs> yeah. Very much that guy of like, all yeah. that stuff you like is crap. Yeah. Listen to this. And I remember he, he brought me over to this album, and, and it was one of those albums that, again, like just like that Jizza album changed where I was mm-hmm. at. This was the album that made me 
look further into hip hop and see that it isn't all that's on the radio. It right. isn't all that's on MTV. It isn't flashy suits because I was the flashy suit yeah, place. Was... We had Puff Daddies and Mace who were doing all these songs with flashy suits, and Hype Williams was doing right. all the videos with, you know, the glowing lights and stuff. And you know, the Missy was, Elliott. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it was just like such a weird place for hip hop because it, all the videos I watched when I was younger, Wu Tang, it's just them on the streets. Right. You know, and then you get right. to this new place where everybody's driving a fancy car, jets champagne right all this stuff i'm like what is this i said i'm not even close to even being on that same right. level thanks but, for totally yeah. disassociating exactly. with me <laughs> and i remember being really yeah. mad when when the ready to die notorious big album came out that first album i was like man this guy is he's on something yeah right he's on something cheese eggs and welch's grape i love that <laughs> <laughs> but uh and then and then you know not that he not that he he turned away from it but to see like the group that he was hanging with you know the puff daddy yeah. he was doing all the flashy shoot stuff but anyways all um, about money yep but yeah. any when i when i've discovered this next group it was in this little small hip-hop shop it was me and this other guy who clearly was like i gotta take this kid and show him something different <laughs> right so he pointed me to this album by atmosphere and it was the lucy ford album nice. and it has consistently been on replay every few years i'll come back to it and i'll put it in and it still it's has a classic that same that is the effect. beginning a uh, true beginning for me of what to s independent hip-hop is oh yeah definitely so. and he and you know to see like atmosphere still going today he just performed yes. here in town yeah just he a few weeks just ago a, i just got the pleasure of talking and working with him a couple oh weeks that's ago, right he did so. a he did an in-store yep go south siders yeah <laughs> <laughs> this song is party for the fight to write and hip-hop made me want to be a crook and hip-hop gave me the way and something to say and all i took in return was a second look son you shook cause ain't no such thing as halfway there getting good at acting like you just don't care the circle of life you're trying to make it Square condition and self sit still and stare. Oh, where have all the sheep gone? Burped down the farm and turned the TV on. John Coltrane, Marvin Gaye, and Bob Marley all get invitations to my party. He said some got pencils and some so, got indie indie hip hop with with atmosphere at the time and, mm -hmm. and Mary mentioned something really good about how it started independent and it, it, it transformed. Yeah, Busy B and yep. Cool Modi on the streets of New York and um super indie you had like we would have never known about them yeah. until the beastie boys come around and run dmc comes around and then they get popular get played on mtv gets big then it kind of goes back into the wu-tang clan mm -hmm. um more accessible and dark and interesting but then starts going into the puff daddies yep. and the I adore Notorious B.I.G., but I agree with you where it's like, this is totally, it is not my life. I love no. this song, but it's not my life at all. And then the turn there is going back to indie. Yep. Hip-hop, like, atmosphere. Yep, it's like trunk, trunk rap. You know, yes. these guys that were selling their albums out of yeah. the back of their cars well, yeah. just to make it ends meet. You know? Right, and there's pockets in every city. I mean, there's Mac Dre and in yep. the Bay Area, stuff like that, that you know I didn't know about until I was older. And, but to them, that is their atmosphere. Oh, yeah. So atmosphere is Minneapolis, Mac Dre. You've got people yep. on All every, over the place. Yep. every part of the country. Well, so. what's so, like, what I think is so, like, for now, you know, you got these guys who are inside their bathroom, yeah. you know, who have a mic and have a recording thing and they, they they can make an album and put it online yeah i mean there's like so many so many places online where you can you can access mixtapes yeah you know with people and i, I that's the first place i found danny brown 
Oh when, yeah, when I love Dan, Dan Graham Brown. had a mixtape out. I remember thinking to myself, "This is awesome." Or Action Bronson, or yes, you know, some of these other these other cats that were doing you know this this really small hip hop, and now mm-hmm. they're like featured guests on major collabos. Right. I mean, even like Kendrick Lamar. You know, yes. Kendrick Lamar started with a mixtape, and then he got big, yeah. and now that guy. I mean, he's he's yeah. selling out stadiums. Well, and I think it's the people that have a really good vocabulary. I mean, that's yeah. what raps about. You're supposed to you're expressing yourself, so you don't want to hear like. I went down and I killed this person, or I did cat. drugs, or I was very simple in my wording. But you cat, want cat in the hat, rap. right? Yep. Right. You want. I mean, people like Aesop Rock, oh, Murs. You oh. know, these guys are super intelligent yeah. and improve your vocabulary. And it's about <laughs> I'm they, learning uh, too. They just did a, uh, a little poll or something like that where they analyze hippo. Who's the who's yes. the most who's the best wordsmith? And it was Aesop Rock. Rock. Yeah. Yeah. yeah something awesome. like. A sixty-five hundred words, <laughs> unique words, which is incredible. That's and, amazing. You know, on average, it was like unique words, but like twenty-five hundred for yeah. rappers and stuff yeah. like that. So, I do. I do yeah. remember buying an Aesop Rock album and thinking to myself, like, I don't know what that word means. Right. I should go look which it up. Which is kind of rad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, that was great. It's like, what is he Shakespeare? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, again, I, I get so excited about the hip hop <laughs> and atmosphere. Um, Kind of going back to independent, I suppose, in a way. Uh, Lou Reed to me is an he's somebody that is like David Bowie, but in the way of it's all about his voice. And he to me is true rock and roll, like Mm -hmm. rock and roll animal. He is the rock and roll animal to me. Um, and his openness and his art, um. he surrounded himself with people that were very artistic, you know. I learned about Lou Reed through Walk on the Wild Side mm-hmm. and then bought my Lou Reed Transformer record and just, it changed my life, you Beautiful. know, it, which also Beautiful. turned me into the Velvet Underground. I knew Velvet Underground subconsciously. I didn't realize I knew them yeah. until I started listening to Lou Reed then bought Velvet Underground and go, oh, I know these songs. Like, how do I know these songs? They're just in my consciousness so um i pick sweet jane because i'm in a rock and roll band is probably one of my favorite lines and it's just a perfect song standing on the corner suitcase in my hand jackson's corset jane is in her vest and me, I'm in a rock and roll band. Huh. Riding the studs back at Jim. You know, those were different times. All, all the poets, they studied rules of verse and those. Kind of interesting because where I'm going next is to Bob Dylan. And, uh, you mean Uncle Robert? To Uncle Robert, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, uh, it was one of those things where, again, like, I just discovered this new hip-hop era, you know, mm-hmm. this new level of indie hip-hop. And I was moving into, you know, college. Everybody's listening to a lot of different stuff. You go to your college uh, record store and you look at, like, what the number ones are and you can get a good guideline as to what you should be listening to. Right. Because you'll see, you know, the, the latest pop album followed by the, the best metal album at that time followed yep. by a classic. Right. You know, and that that's always the way that university record stores have always kind of yep. been, been, been set up. And this is kind of one of those things, too. I remember I went to uh, the same uh, on-campus record store at ASU. Which and we're, loved. 
which we all love, yeah. yeah. And I'm sitting there, shame it burned down. Shame well, it burned down. Well, it resurrected. Of, it resurrected. I still went to the new place, too. But yeah. I remember being really sad that, that morning, being like, couldn't believe it. I couldn't yeah. believe it. But um, I remember uh, uh, having a conversation with the owner at that time, and we were sitting there. We were talking about Bob Dylan, and I, I told him, I said, uh, hey, uh, there's like a double-disc greatest hits Bob Dylan album. You didn't, didn't you guys have that here? And he, he looked at me with this scorn. Like, <laughs> how dare well, you? He's an album purist. Yeah. I know how who you're talking about. How <laughs> dare you ask me for a greatest hits album, especially with Bob Dylan. So he pointed me in the direction of Highway 61. Oh, yeah. And uh, Highway 61 Revisited, uh, I remember listening to it and thinking to myself, I know a lot of these songs. I know a lot of these mm -hmm. songs. But then being just side-blinded side by the last song on that album, which is Desolation Row. Yeah. Desolation Row at 11 minutes plus of an of a song to finish it off is a storytelling song. Yeah. It's a perfect culmination for that album. And it is giving you everything at that time. Yeah. What he's feeling, what he's seen, and it's all that Everybody is making love or else expecting rain. Samaritan, he's dressing, he's getting ready for the show. He's going to the carnival tonight on Desolation Road. Ophelia, she's neath the window. For a while, as a kid, I could not connect with. Bob Dylan at all. I was like, what is this and why do people like that guy's voice? But it was near the end of high school, my best friend's father put in Desire, the record, and told us the story about Hurricane and that song was amazing and yeah. just knowing the story and it was very much a different uh, Dylan to me. Yeah. But made me love him. And yep. Uh, let's see. Um, throughout my years... And uh, being a female, of course, there's been experiences in the music business and my personal life where you're made to feel like you're crazy yeah. if you are <laughs> trying to get somewhere or be clear in your relationships, whatever it might be. Um, and this song in particular is Crazy by Patsy Cline. Patsy Cline to me is my Hank Williams. Yeah. You know, she's it's another one where they, it's a very very short career, but very concentrated in that short time that she lived. Um, she is an honest voice, a first female honest voice in country that was like, I'm going to say what I have to say, and even if it sounds suicidal, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's real, and I'll get over it and I'll keep going, but. It's just a perfect song, and the production on it, and it's short and concise, but sears right to the heart. And then someday you'd leave me for somebody new. Worry, why do I let? Patsy Klein was 
like my dad's husband and wife duo with uh, with Hank Williams. With Hank Williams, so, yeah. Well, those are like two that we always got really consistently. So that, my first yeah. song of the day could have been could have been a Patsy Cline song <laughs> as well too. And as I mentioned, your dad probably didn't like crazy because yeah. he might have had a crazy ex. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to ask him that. at some point. I'm going to so. ask him that. <laughs> and uh, by the way, Willie Nelson. Oh, Willie too. Yeah, so, definitely. Definitely. Willie Nelson wrote crazy. Yeah. So. Did, did he really? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. He wrote crazy. Crazy. How old was he at the time, you think? Uh, he Young had man? short hair, <laughs> so it was a really long time ago. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> isn't he like a black belt in karate or something like I that? I have no idea. I, Him I and Elvis? I, said, I thought I read that somewhere. <laughs> um, okay, so done with college. You know, finished up, found a girl, put a ring on her, <laughs> got a family car, got a job, away from music, in professional setting yeah. where I had to get dressed with you know look fairly decent throughout the day couldn't wear my Slayer shirt I couldn't wear my Damn. Wu-Tang shirt I had to you know get prim and proper Suit with tie. that change with that change some people say you mellow right some people say you lose your edge and you start to journey in these other directions well to the most part I, I, I like to think that at that time yes he was I, my uh <laughs> the, oh, uh, our, our, uh, our lovely our producer <laughs> came in here to show me a picture of Willie Nelson as a black belt. Yeah. He was. Yeah, he's amazing. Great. That guy. He's amazing. The, he's everywhere. <laughs> and uh, I'm, now I'm just thinking about like him singing crazy, but with like black belt themes. Or <laughs> <laughs> like kung fu references. <laughs> Let's get back to your suit and tie <laughs> yes, action. Yes, suit and tie action. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, you change things, you, you mellow out a little bit. You know, I wasn't listening to some of the heavy stuff I was listening to. I wasn't raising a fist in anger and protest against so many things that, like I was when I was in college. And where I went is, when I got done with college, I got into film. Yeah. And, I mean, we're talking, like, even while in college, I was in film. Before that, I was in film. But when I graduated, I could spend all my time doing nothing but watching movies. Yeah. Which I did. Huge fan of the Criterion Collection. I'm a huge fan of classics. And I love horror and science fiction. Horror and science fiction are like my better, my bread and butter when it yeah. comes to when it comes to, to to film and genre. So I got into soundtracks, and I started collecting tons. And you know my love for Death Waltz records. Yes. Death, Death Waltz, Waltz records is amazing. is amazing. They have put together a catalog of of, of soundtracks that is an, clearly an, an homage to what soundtrack should be yes and one of my favorite things they did was they put out a uh, goblin release and they in california started something called the beyond fest it's like yes. a, it's uh like a film festival and a premiere but it, last year they got goblin to come out and play their nice. soundtrack and they did a set and they were awesome so where i went two places which my last song of the day will kind of explain tie everything up but where i went for a little bit and where i still am quite a bit is uh in soundtracks so this next song is by the group goblin and it's from my favorite favorite italian horror film by dario argento called suspiria
seen Suspiria, go watch it immediately. It's one of the, if you're a horror fan, if you like kind of experimentally centric movies, Suspiria is the movie for oh, you. Oh, yeah, and it's Argento's. Oh, it's one of these, probably the, I would say, for me, it's my favorite Argento, but I'm yeah. sure a lot of people would say that as well, too. Yeah. Um, how do I segue? Th- oh, well, we could talk about soundtracks. And yes. the parts of film, to me, all movies have always been a big part of my life with my family. We love movies, and every weekend, um, growing up, we'd go to the, the store, mm-hmm. the VH, the rental place, and get our movies and that kept going you know like I can't imagine a life without music or movies <laughs> because to me they go hand in hand when I was a kid and younger my ideal job was to be the soundtrack person like I wanted to be like how do I make a soundtrack how mm-hmm. do I be that person that makes the mix yep. for a soundtrack um, and so going into college years well high school college 90s I chose a song uh, from singles, from the single soundtrack, because uh, that soundtrack was definitive, another definitive moment for me in my life, and it connected me to many, many people, and also introduced me to Mother Love Bone. Yes. Um, So I picked Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns, because it truly is one of the most beautiful songs. You know, and that's that's grunge-tastic. That yep. is, if you, at the time I was into every single one of those bands. Yep. And being able to go see a movie about Seattle and those bands mm-hmm. and seeing Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam in the movie yep. is like, this is the perfect movie. And see, Soundgarden and Mud Honey and, you know, all those guys. Cameron Crowe has that, uh, that ability to just kind of really really bring out what's going on at yeah. that time and you know one of the movies that i think yeah i think he did elizabeth town yes yeah elizabeth town my morning it jacket has a, yeah yeah great great album and, yeah you know don't get me wrong the the movie might not work completely all the way through but right i love that road trip thing at the end oh yeah where they go on the long road trip and he's getting this whole experience just kind of like what we're doing here right and to be honest um almost famous is one of my favorite movies of all time oh, if yeah. not my favorite but the thing about why I started doing what I call Merry Mixes and has led us here, on the extras for Almost Famous, Cameron Crowe talks about how he would use mixtapes as a journal so yep. he could remember everything that was going on. And so I started doing that as well, every month making a mix to remember the shows I went to, the way I was feeling, and the songs that came out or something, yep. just so I could remember everything. And that's how I remember yep. 
things. So every concert I go to, every concert I go to, I get the set list and it goes into my playlist. Oh, so I have a playlist perfect. for every single concert I've been to. Very and cool. It, sometimes I don't have all the live versions. Yeah. Like it's always cool when they like when the bands used to offer you the live recording. Yes. I used to think that was really fun. Never yeah. never comes close to the experience of being there, but yeah, but I used to always think that. And it's always in, like I've seen uh, Metallica a bunch of times in concert. I've yeah. seen. Uh, my morning jacket a few times and to yeah. see like kind of how their set list changes up i think it's awesome it's yeah. a parting gift yeah definitely being definitely. a part of it so so kind of wrapping up uh, a quote that i really like is uh you never know where you're going until you know where you've been right true and this song to wrap everything up for me today actually that was the last one for you too right yeah yeah so to wrap everything up for today is kind of letting you know though i've gone through this long transition of music in all different facets I still, in my 30-something years, am very much my parents. Yeah. My dad, again, country, and a little bit of rock and roll here. <laughs> my mom, Motown, R&B, singer standards. The last guy I have is one guy that he's just been kind of my recent. I love this guy. I went to his concert. I saw you at his concert. Yeah, I adored him. He came out and him. gave everybody a hug. Yeah. He came over to me, gave me a big hug, kiss on my cheek, says, I love you, brother, and walked away. Never had that happen. Any concert I've been to, this guy yeah. was in the audience. But it's uh, Strictly Reserved for You by Charles Bradley from his Victim of Love album. And uh, just like country is a, a mix of blues and you know Motown is a mix of uh, soul, I think Charles Bradley embodies both of those. We gotta get on through and go. about Charles Bradley I wholeheartedly agree that he is one of the best soul singers we've seen in years oh, yeah. and the first time I heard it I thought it was um, something that was recorded ages ago I thought yeah. that it was the late 60s early 70s record but to re hear the story and know what the story is that he was alive and well and having a resurgence in his career and having the opportunity to work with the guys at Daptone yeah and be on an independent label like Daptone mm -hmm. that really, really gave him a chance. Thank you, Sharon Jones, too, yeah. for laying yeah. that groundwork. And the Budos Band, just for being in touch with what soul is right yeah. now and not letting that go. Yeah. And for me personally, one of my career highlights was last year when I sent the email to our friends at Daptone and Red Eye Distribution and said, Charles Bradley's coming. Can he come, please? do an in-store we adore this record and would love to have him getting the response that yes charles would love to come mm -hmm. was uh that first moment i didn't believe it was true That's i didn't awesome. think it was i haven't you know i haven't been really starstruck in a while and i don't mean to sound ungrateful but charles bradley walks in and it's like seeing santa yeah. or jesus walk yeah. in and the most gracious and grateful person like you said walked up to you, gave you a kiss, and said, I love you, brother. With each individual person, he is so incredibly grateful, but not in a, a sellout way, not in an ingenuous way. He yeah. was very genuine because his story is one of struggle. Yep. Um, hit that documentary about Charles Bradley will 
make you cry like a baby. Oh, yeah. But it, it's overcoming, and it's another artist where I really appreciate it because I love that story of keep trying and keep doing what you love and yeah. love your family and love your music, and eventually it'll pay off and believe in what it is that makes you who you are. You have yeah. faith, you know, whether that be in God or yourself or music, but have faith and keep going. So. Well said. Well said, Mary. <laughs> so on that note... That's it. That's it. That's it. That's, That's it. our uh, our little mixtape kind of introducing introducing you to who Mary is and who I am, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we have a few of you out there that uh, will like what we put together, and we uh, so. we'll continue going. And I I like to uh, let everyone know, go to your record store, go to. Yes, Go to your digital downloading content, whatever, whatever way you want to get your music. A lot of record stores, independent-wise, now have digital, yep. which I know firsthand. You know, you can go to your independent store, go buy the record at the store. If they don't have it there, you can get the digital yep. for the time being, and then you know, then go get your record up later. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So find your music. Everything we have here today is available in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Go support your artists. Go out and purchase these albums. Purchase the single. Purchase us the individual song. Yeah. You don't have to be tormented into getting a full album. But if you like some of the <laughs> stuff that we're giving you, go out and purchase it. And watch documentaries. And watch documentaries. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Watch Talk that. to your record store a, people. A lot of these artists that we've talked about have documentaries about them and their history. Yep. So Definitely. Go out there and talk about it and talk about it with people let yes. them experience music give someone an avenue to explore yeah that's what this is all about this is why Monty and I can keep talking and talking and talking because we're talking about something we love and yeah we could go on forever the so. Rose that's <laughs> yep. so. so we're gonna keep going yep and yep. we're gonna offer this I think we're gonna try for two a month yeah right now yeah. okay so we're gonna try for two a month right now and we're gonna continue offering these little mixtapes they probably won't be as serious as what we got into today, but we like to express that a little bit. Yeah, in we wanted ways. to introduce ourselves yes. and to try to put our lives into 10 songs. Like I said, it was a little bit hard, but it, and so this is a big, big emotional episode, I suppose, in yep. a way, whether we liked, we didn't cry, people. No, no, we didn't sit no down tears. and cry over each other or anything like that, but it really is a bigger one. But going forward, we could do mixtapes on any subject you know we're very creative people and if you've been around music you can be like oh i'm inspired by the water bottle yeah. or yeah. let's do a mix about food because i'm hungry yeah. like or let's do a mix about animals because yeah. <laughs> or or road trip because monty made one of the best road trips i've ever heard yeah. or, or road trip <laughs> mixes that i've ever heard love that um soundtracks yes Anything films, and everything metal, reggae, everything. Yes. There's a facet for everything. So. It is endless. It is endless. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll keep going. We'll keep growing. We'll keep uh, keep this kind of evolving every time we go. I'd like to uh, say thank you to our producing friend here who is so gracious in letting us utilize his space here, space here at Makeshift Skyline. You should go check his out his band, yeah. Makeshift Skyline. They'll be performing in a couple weeks at Tempe Tavern, right? Tempe Tavern, October 11th. Check out his group. They're awesome. And, uh, yeah, I think that I think that's it. Yeah. Well, I'm Monty. And I'm Mary. And we're still mixed up. Thank you. Man. <laughs>